joining this is Blaine checking in again for another edition of Appalachian Pie coming to you from our virtual studios out there in the Ethernet somewhere today I get to share a conversation that I had with yet another old friend and roommate and a woman that in all honesty is not necessarily an Appalachian, but she did have the opportunity to spend some time in Appalachia during her college years and does have fond memories of it. I think you'll enjoy it and please listen all the way through to the end because we've got a little bit of surprise music. In the meantime, how's Nebraska been treating you after all these years? <laughs> well, we just celebrated our five year Nebraska anniversary. We moved here March 1st of 2010, so we've been here five years already, which is weird, but good. It's been treating us really good. We're still here, so. Now, the family's still there, or just y'all? Um, my parents are here. I still have three living grandparents. They're all here. You know, most of my aunts and uncles are here. The only person not here is my sister, and she's in Toledo. Toledo? Hmm. Better than Detroit, right? <laughs> Not by much, but we'll give her that. <laughs> I'd like to take just a second, if you don't mind, and obviously feel free to give me shit or whatever down the road, but I kind of think we need to at least tell people, first of all, you're not an Appalachian. No, I, I, unfortunately not. Westerner. <laughs> well, but you did move around quite a bit, and you did have the good fortune, I guess we could say, that you you spent some formative years in Appalachia. I did. I did. We, um, with my dad's job, we moved about every five years, and so we moved away from Nebraska when I was five, and we moved into Ohio kind of a rural part of Ohio, and we spent about five years there, and then we moved to Wisconsin right outside of Madison, and um, which was very different than anywhere else we had lived. And then 
to make things even more interesting, after six years there, we moved to um, western Tennessee, which I don't count as Appalachia. And at no all. one should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then I went to college in Appalachia, um, which was, you can say you're still in Tennessee, but it's a completely different country, east to west. It, it certainly is. Yep. So that's kind of, that's how I got there. So um, for people that may not necessarily, and I'm not wanting you to necessarily tell your entire life story so people can track you down and stalk you or anything like that. <laughs> But because it would be a very boring job to stop. Well, <laughs> be that as it may, <laughs> not everyone has a tape shooter two thousand. But um, that's true. <laughs> sorry, I'll. Anyway, let, let, let's get some composure <laughs> and make this sound a little more professional, okay. right? Yeah. All okay. right. You. After you had gotten to Tennessee and you were on the western side of everything, if I recall correctly, you were somewhere around the Jackson area. Yeah, I was north of Jackson, about forty-five minutes in a, you know, a mid-sized town that was only eight nine miles from the Mississippi River, and in my experiences there were, you know, there were some good, there was some not so great. Um, but it wasn't the kind of experience that made me think that I would ever stay in the South or in Tennessee at all. So I kind of surprised myself and I decided to go to college out in East Tennessee. Um, it was still in the same state. And so I think that I almost felt like I was going back on <laughs> everything that I had, you know, promised, oh, I'm never going to stay here. But it was just so different. It was so different. Um, and I and I liked it quite a bit. Now, and perhaps this might be another thing because of your family having moved around with your dad and all that jazz. Just was it the fact that your family had settled in Tennessee or was it something that you just kind of fell into in your formative years as you're getting ready to go on through the tail end of scholarship? Oh, uh, my decision to stay um, in Tennessee for yes, college. Oh, yeah. Well, my parents certainly hadn't settled in Tennessee. My my mom never liked it there, and I knew that they wouldn't stay there very long. Um, and they moved back uh, to Nebraska when I graduated from college. Actually, was when they moved back. So I knew that staying in Tennessee was it wasn't to be close to them because I figured they would leave at any moment in time. Um, and I actually, um, I wanted kind of like a small liberal arts college sort of environment. And I had a couple of friends who went to Milligan in East Tennessee. And um, I went there on a college visit, not to visit the college, but just to visit my friends. And ended up really falling in love with the campus and with, um, you know, just the beautiful Smoky Mountains and, um, the campus was really diverse as far as there were people from all over the country that were there. It wasn't just people from Tennessee. There were people from all over and, um, which was inviting to me having moving, having moved around a lot. It was nice to, to see people from different parts of the country. And, um, so yeah, I just really fell in love with that college in particular and, um, 
Now that love didn't stay that whole four years, but, <laughs> but initially that, that was really why I, I stayed in Tennessee and, and moved to Appalachia. Well, and therein, I, I, I do want to come back and revisit that just because I've got to make a couple of jokes later, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I also wanted to take a second just for background information and everything. And as far as you coming to Milligan and all, you, for lack of a, and you know that I'm not a religious person, but mm -hmm. for, for lack of a better way of putting it, you are a very religious person. And on top of that, you, you did a lot of mission work and I believe you ended up actually in the Caribbean. Well, that's true. Oh, and um, feel free to correct my mispronunciation there. <laughs> well, we would say Caribbean, but um, uh, but yeah, I you know I grew up in a very religious family. Um, we were the kind that went to um, you know anytime the church doors were open, we were there. And um, as I got older, though, and as we moved around and changed churches very often. Um, if there is a Protestant denomination that exists, we went to its church at one point in time. Um, so while we stayed Protestant, you're a Pentecostal, <laughs> we were aren't you? Well, no, we never did Pentecostal. That's one that just was too far to the right, I guess. <laughs> but but, um, but as I got older, my parents got progressively more and more liberal, and um, which has was interesting to kind of follow, you know, cause when you're young, you really follow your parents lead in a lot of that. And, um, so as I grew up, I kind of was moving more liberal with them. And I think at a certain point they stopped and they were comfortable <laughs> where they were. And, and, um, and I kept going, you know, quite a bit further, but, but I think for a lot of people, I would still, I would still be very religious. I think that's still very true, but, um, from the way that I was raised, I'm, I've quite turned a corner, I guess. So I, it's all about perspective, I guess, and where you're on that, uh, scale. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's been an interesting, and it's always been a very important part of my life, my spirituality. And, um, I think these days I, re I refer to it more as my spirituality than my religion, but, well, um, I guess the reason that I yeah, brought it up was because that mm -hmm. was, for lack of a better way of putting it, it was kind of the trappings that you and I kind of got connected with because people that knew us said, oh, shit, you might want to meet this person and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys would be friends. <laughs> yeah, and that's, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Well. Do you want to hear about the mission trip? I or? would love to, and I actually think on top of it, if you don't mind just digressing after that before we get into other subjects, the the whole thing that you did in India. Oh, sure. Um, well, I've been really lucky to, um, to get to travel some with different mission trips and things that I've been able to do through some of those various churches. Um, 
I um, did like a vacation Bible school in the um, inner city of New Orleans uh, one summer. Um, I spent a couple of weeks in Memphis building houses for Habitat for Humanity. Um, I uh, but the the biggest one would of course be I spent um, ten weeks in the Caribbean um, on a little island. And uh, primarily working as an intern for a Christian radio station. Um, and so I did lots of various office jobs and things like that, helping the radio station. But So was this I before also kind of... after you actually passed out on the curb? <laughs> the Well, that kind of happened during the trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I turned 21 the summer I was there. And so, of course, that's a big deal in the U.S. But there it doesn't matter because there's no legal drinking age at all it you just so that was kind of anticlimactic but but we did celebrate quite a bit regardless uh with some of the other some there were other summer interns there uh during the summer and and so we did have a lot of fun probably more fun than the uh radio christian radio station wanted us to have but uh anyway but I did get to do some really cool things while I was there. Um, since I was a sociology major, they would have me listen to some of the sermons that they broadcast, and I would edit out anything that was very um, like American specific. Um, so if there were colloquialisms or you know references to certain celebrities that would not be known overseas or things like that, I was to edit all those little snippets out. And that was kind of fun. So out of curiosity, just because this is the first time I'm hearing about that little bit, <laughs> um, how do you pick and choose that? <laughs> I don't know. I probably did a terrible job. Because you would listen to it and they'd be like, oh, well, that, you know, in, in context, would someone else understand that? Um, honestly, I didn't edit out a whole lot, but I remember one time editing out a story about baseball that was like about some old baseball team. And I thought, oh, no one cares about that. <laughs> no, no one's going to get that reference uh, that, that didn't live through that. You know, someone that's overseas is not going to care. And, um, and it was one of those old tape, you know, splicers. So I would actually cut the tape with a razor blade and and then actually tape the, you know, the recording tape back together. And so it was kind of so fun. So kind of similar with what I used to do with working in the movie theater and all. So Yeah. Did you get to edit the film? Oh, I, I had to splice them together. And if, if for whatever reason the chain broke, you had to go back in and just do a couple of little splices and you're going oh hopefully this will work and it's not going to completely screw up <laughs> the film and hopefully i didn't edit out a, a turning point in the movie right there. exactly yeah yeah but so that was you know i got to do some neat stuff like that and um i got to um tutor um a couple of kids who were missionary kids who were trying to learn english or improve their english so they could go to college in the states and things like that so um that was that was a really um rewarding experience so uh, that was does that mean that you're multilingual no no i unfortunately i am not i used to be sort of conversationally adept in french um, I spent two weeks in France with um, my high school, but um, and after coming home from that, I could think through a whole conversation in French. I started to dream in French, which was neat. Um, but you know, when you don't use it, you lose it. 
So um, I really wish I would have studied Spanish. That would have been way more practical. <laughs> Obviously, nowadays. <laughs> yes. And, 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 yeah. that, and that was not meant as a slide against anybody. No, no. And, you know, even here in little old Nebraska, though, um, we have, you know, in the town I live in, our population is 10 to 12 percent Hispanic, which, you know, quite a few of them are bilingual, um, but some of them aren't. And it would be it would be much more practical (laughs) if I could communicate in Spanish. But definitely. Oh, so um, let's take a little bit of a step back to the whole Appalachian experience that you had with Milligan for whatever reason. And I I really don't believe you're just going, oh, I thought it would be a cool place because I knew some people or something. What actually made you decide to go to Milligan? Was it part of the (laughs) religious ideals that you had or? Um, I think that was part of it. I think it definitely played a role. I was not interested. I was never interested in going to a big state school. Like going to UT never appealed to me. Um, I always think I was looking for that small, that smaller atmosphere. Um, and I don't know why. I mean, looking back, I can't tell you why I wanted that. But every school that I looked at that I that I was um, interested in was a small liberal arts college. Um, I didn't want to go somewhere where sports were everything because I couldn't care less. Um, I didn't want to go anywhere that had sororities and fraternities because I think that's a bunch of bullshit, and I don't like it. Hey, watch your mouth, bitch. (laughs) Sorry. No, please, feel free to. to (laughs) I'm just joking. (laughs) Feel free. Well, and part of that's okay, but part of that stems because my high school in Western Tennessee had sororities and fraternities, and, it, and they were awful. Did. Yes, it was stupid and it was horrible, and I just it was dumb. That's a whole nother story. Um, well, I'm in, I'm, so, I mean, honestly, I'm interested in that story because I've never heard of a high school that had <laughs> fraternities and sororities. <laughs> Okay. Well, I well I'll tell you. Um, in in my high school, there was a white girls sorority and a white boys fraternity, and then there were complementary ones that were black only. And the white only sorority, um, after I had been there for oh, a couple of months, and I guess they'd had a chance to check out whatever it was they wanted to check out about me. I was approached by one of them who asked me, you know, didn't I want to be in their sorority? And, and this was one of the most horrible girls in our school. And I thought, if it has anything to do with you, of course, the answer would be no, because I think you're really kind of evil. And, um, but I said, no, I just don't think I'm into that. And she turned around and it was a classic, like nineties high school movie moment. She flipped her hair with her hand, glared at me with these icy eyes and said, don't you know, we rule this school. And she never spoke to me again, Oh dear Lord. which was fine with me. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I don't want any part of that that's so exclusionary and it's just you trying to prove that you're better than everyone else. Um, and I just didn't want any part of it. And I know that not all sororities and fraternities are like that. But um but I just didn't want anything to do with it. Right. And there there's well, 
<laughs> there's a lot of stereotypes that we have to break at some point, but there are certain mm-hmm. stereotypes that exist because they're they're grounded in reality somewhere. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think this girl, like, was the stereotype of, like, exactly the sorority bitch that you don't want to know. Um, so, yeah, that just kind of, I think it ruined the whole thing for me that day, that day in Spanish class. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I honestly yeah. didn't expect that entire little diatribe there. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway... <laughs> So, uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but so I don't know. Long answer. I don't really know why I chose Milligan. I just, I just, it appealed to me. I stepped onto campus, and it was, of course, a beautiful fall, Smoky Mountain day, and it was just, it was gorgeous. And I thought, I just thought, I want to be here. So, did you, for? lack of a better way of putting it, did you take advantage of your Appalachian experience that you could actually now be in the mountains, you could be in the water, you could be this, that, and the other, and kind of communing with God, (laughs) so to speak, but a lot of people refer to it as God's country. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I can see that, but I I think I think everywhere I've been, I could see as God's country. I mean, there's beauty, you know, all around us everywhere. I think, um, but it was certainly. I mean, the landscape was lovely, and we would go out to Lake Watauga, and you know, just sit around the lake, and it would. It's just. It's really the scenery is really really pretty, and um, I think if you could take out some of those tourist traps that are there in <laughs> in Appalachia that have to be there I understand that but but the beauty around those places is just phenomenal I mean it's just just a lovely country it, it certainly is and I think it's an overlooked country in general but another thing just because we may as well hash out stories about how you and I know one another. (laughs) We might as well. (laughs) So we, we had the good fortune and misfortune at the same time of being introduced at a, what I at one time thought was a defunct place, but somebody told me recently it, is still open or has been reopened poor richards oh really yep oh i didn't know it ever supposedly had closed i went back to johnson city um with sharon and amy a couple of years ago and it was open because we went oh was it yeah i'm trying to think of when that was Maybe three years ago. I'll take your word. I, I yeah. Anyway, I haven't been there for yeah, seven. Poor so. <laughs> Karaoke and trivia at Poor Richards was <laughs> a very important part of my life <laughs> at that point. In time. A very important part of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the only thing that kept me sane. 
I looked forward to that so much. <laughs> and um <laughs> explain yourself, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's just you know, college has those ups and downs with heartbreaks and friendships beginning and ending and um you know, you're grow you're doing a lot of growing up. I've I think I was a pretty late bloomer in a lot of ways socially and I think I kind of I really hit my stride when I was in college and I was you know have meeting a lot of people and um just having a lot of you know good times but a lot of those relationships when they're so you know at that point in your life they can be kind of fragile and um so there was a lot of I think when we had met, when we met, I was at a place that was kind of, you know, where I had gone through a lot of changes and a lot of um, heartbreaks at that point in time. And um, I think so it was nice having that little ritual and having friends and meeting new people again. Well, I think the person that actually introduced us was Stephanie, right? I don't I thought it was Sharon. No, Stephanie Bradford. Oh, did she introduce us? I do believe so. Where? At Poor Richards. She introduced... I don't remember that at all. Well, that's why I'm the psycho <laughs> crackhead that always remembers everything. <laughs> I had forgotten about her. Yep. Oh, that well, that could definitely be right. I won't, I won't say you're wrong, because I don't remember. Well, feel free to say I'm wrong, because... <laughs> <laughs> I'll save that for later, when, when I know you're wrong. Hey, listen, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Surely that's coming, right? We'll say something that's wrong. But anyway, so we we did the whole trivia thing, and this is something that I actually did have the opportunity to. I'm hesitant <laughs> to really preface this the way, but there's no way because you and I knew these people as well. David and Sharon were both there, mm-hmm. and. That was part of our whole group and the whole trivia bullshit thing going on, blah, blah, blah. So, exactly how many pitchers of beer did you buy? <laughs> that night? I don't know. <laughs> That's why I don't remember. <laughs> Nothing could have been more crazy, though, than the night we went to New Beginnings. <laughs> <laughs> And I had just gotten a credit card, and I opened a tab, and I remember they, like, put it on a push pin on a corkboard behind the bar, and I was like, yeah, be And I think it was beer bust, like, $5 pitchers for an hour or two. I don't know. But I don't think poor Richards was, was – I don't think anything was ever as crazy as that. Well, um, just because you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> New beginnings. Um how would you describe that particular location? <laughs> well, I would say that being the sheltered, conservative young lady that I was, that, oh, um, oh, whoa, that whoa, was whoa, the whoa. first time. Could, could you say that one more time so I can say bullshit loudly? Yeah, yeah. Well, remember I said was. <laughs> I didn't say I was at that moment. <laughs> but uh, that was the first gay bar that I ever went to. Um, and it had a catwalk down the center, which I'm pretty sure I walked on. 
Um, and, uh, it, but yeah, that was definitely my first exposure to, um, to a gay and bar. And if I so. recall correctly, you also had a dog collar on. I believe that was, yes, I believe that was true. And you might have had a tag also attached to said dog collar. <laughs> That could be. That could be true. And I won't say that. And I believe it said "little flapjack." Oh, little flapjack. <laughs> so, have have you lived up to that moniker? I don't know because I never really knew what it meant. <laughs> so it's hard for it to be aspirational. Like, yes, I have achieved little flapjack dumb. Because <laughs> I'm not really sure when I get there. Let's take a little bit of a side on Milligan. Now, what exactly did you study there? And after you had gone, how did you apply it? Oh, um, that is, that's a great question because I was a double major in English and sociology. And um, I was a few classes shy of having a psychiatry or psychiatry, psychology um, minor, but you can't, they wouldn't let you double major and minor. So, um, so English and sociology was the main thing that I um, studied there. And um, I am now a public library director and you really can't have a better background in education than studying literature and studying people. Because um, as much as people think about librarianship as being about the books and the stuff, it's really a lot more about the people that are there um, needing those things or coming for services. And so I've actually put a lot of what I studied um, into practice, believe it or not. <laughs> I use it every day. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought you were a children's librarian before you moved. I, yes, I was. That's how I started. Um, when I first got, um, okay, well, here, I'll digress a little bit and tell the whole story. Go right ahead. Because I never, never considered being a librarian. That was really not anything I ever wanted to do or thought about ever doing. Um, but shortly after um, David and I got married, um, Wait, who the hell was job. David? <laughs> well, he would be my husband. Well, we'll come back to this, but fuck him <laughs> yeah. in the meantime. So shortly after we got married, he lost his job. And I had just um, quit my job before we got married because I was going to go back to school and um, pursue a master's in education. And, uh, well, from two incomes to one was okay, but from one to zero, not so great. So we both just kind of applied for jobs all over the place. And I happened to apply for a job at our local library because they had a door and it was open. And um, Wasn't they this called Butler me back. County? No, that was in Franklin. Oh, it was in Franklin. Okay. Yeah. So um, they called me back. Oh, it was probably three or four months down the road that they finally called me. And by then I already had two other part-time jobs and all they were offering me was a part-time job. And I thought the last thing I need right now is another part-time job. <laughs> I need a real job with benefits. And, um, and so I told him no thanks and hung up and David said, 
you know, I have a couple of friends who work at the library in Cincinnati. I think you might really like it. You should you should call them back and see if they'll still interview you. And I thought, no, if I call them back now, they're going to think I'm a psycho idiot who says no and then changes their mind, calls back, says yes. And I thought, well, what do I have to lose? So I called them back and they um, they did still let me interview. And then they gave me a job. I was the children's librarian and um, went from part time to full time and then went from being the assistant to the supervisor. And um, it kind of by then I was totally in love with working in the library and working with little kids. And um, so then I went back and got my master's in library science. And um, so then I could be a department head and a boss and, um, and now I'm a director. So, so it, perhaps I'm misremembering, but I do believe you were once again, Butler County, Middletown, wasn't that mm-hmm. something that you handled? Yeah, I, I well, I went um, from Franklin, um, and then I went to um, run the children's department at the Middletown Library. Okay. And then, um, and when I left there, and we moved back to Nebraska, um, then I was actually the director of a nonprofit for a couple of years, um, and it was a nonprofit that worked with libraries. It was like a state-funded nonprofit agency that. Um, did a lot of consulting and education and things like that for a lot of our small rural libraries here in the state are often like, you know, open 10 hours a week and they have one person who works there. So there was a need for, you know, there's a need for support for that person. And, and I did that for a couple of years until, um, the job I have now opened up. And, um, so I'm director of the library in the little town that I was born in by some weird twist of fate. Well, I, I I was going to make a joke about that, but that's actually really beautiful, the way that you close that <laughs> circle. <laughs> that's weird. Like when I, um, and that was one of the um, kind of sparks for us to move back here, that uh, th- this position was open. And David and I joked about how funny would that be if I actually went back and was the library director in you know, in this town. And so I applied for the job and the first time and and I didn't get it, but just by virtue of applying for it and telling my parents I had applied for it, well, then job suggestions and openings just started coming my way. (laughs) Oh, hey, did you hear about this job? What about that one? So, um, yeah, so it was kind of, it was weird. And so then, yeah, and then a second time I went for it, I got it, so... So now you guys have been there for five years. Uh, yeah, uh, Nebraska. I'm pretty sure somebody saw a tree out there a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got three in my yard. D- uh, you do. I do. And, 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 and how do you secure them? Is your husband just <laughs> like <laughs> standing around with guns, going, "There ain't no way." Yep, you do. You got to protect them so people don't come in, dig them up, and steal them. <laughs> but <laughs> and actually, in, in our little section where we live in the northeastern corner, um, there's actually some nice little rolling hills, and it's not the completely flat um, I-80 part of Nebraska that most people who've been to Nebraska have only driven through it on I-80, and um, 
the part where we live just it looks a little different than that we do actually have some hills and some trees and not many but some <laughs> well um i'm going to ask something that i think is going to be an uncomfortable question okay i'm ready uh the the way you and your husband met <laughs> i knew that was gonna be it <laughs> Uh, is that something you're willing to talk about or? I mean, I can talk about meeting him, but I don't want to go into detail if that's okay. Oh, you don't have to by any means. <laughs> so we can laugh about it. But... So anyway, you being a person that for all practical purposes has been flown to the wind your entire life, you run across a man that grabs your heart and everything and he's a weird ohio boy and you build a life from there or i know that i was there for part of it but there's there's a lot of things that i don't think necessarily most people would be going oh that's normal (laughs) (laughs) well that's true um David and I met through a mutual friend who was also a mutual friend of ours, um, of course, uh, through Sharon. And, um, you know, she said, oh, you got to meet this guy, David. You're just going to love him. And I thought, so, yeah. But, you know, I didn't have any, you know, preconceived notions that I was really going to, you know, like this person that she was introducing me to. But she had already invited him and it was fine. And. Um, I had already decided to move to Cincinnati after I graduated from college, right? which was where Sharon was from. And I had a couple of other friends who lived there. And so um, we made um, kind of like a last minute, oh, one of those terrible choices you make at like 11 o'clock at night when you're like, well, I'm totally awake. Let's drive to Cincinnati right now. It's only six hours. So you get in the car and you just go and... um, I don't know. I do things like that. Maybe other people don't, but <laughs> that was one of those days. And um, so we came up to Cincinnati just to visit. And um, yeah, and so she introduced me on that trip to David. And um, I, she, she was right. I really did love him. And um, I liked him from the very beginning. And we just kind of clicked right off the bat. And I think one of the things that was interesting about our relationship as we did click right off the bat but we also lived so far apart that I was still finishing up my last semester of college in in eastern Tennessee and he was in Cincinnati so um, we had to get to know each other over the phone and we talked on the phone all the time and um, you know so by the time I did move to Cincinnati in May or June of that year we really felt like we really knew each other. We had spent a lot of time just talking. And therein also belies the next little bit that I want to get into. Um, you and I were actually roommates at one time, and I actually stayed at David's house for a few weeks. That's right. I forgot that you stayed there first. Yeah, so you moved up to kind of try to find a place for us, too. Yeah. Um, 
And so you stayed with David while you were house hunting. And, and I do remember like never thinking anything of that, that that would be weird that we were roommates. I always thought we would be great roommates. And, um, and I think we really were. Um, but I remember David saying like, you know, some of the guys he worked with just couldn't believe that first of all, you were staying with him. And then when you found a place, I was going to move in with you and not with him. And just how weird that was. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think that's weird. Why would that be weird? <laughs> Lane is my friend. <laughs> like, so, um, but yeah, that was, that was, I think we had a good, we had some fun times being roommates. Yes, I believe so. And honestly, I'd, that's part of the dynamic that I think is kind of funny about not only me and you and David and Sharon and, even if we do get Amy to come on at some point, it's it's like this weird little <laughs> basket weaving of what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but it just seemed so natural. I mean, it was just, yeah, I, it, I, it is, I guess in retrospect, I look back at it and I'm like, I guess that could be kind of strange, but it just made sense. And the train station and all the time that we spent there and... That was a crazy time. Was there anything that really just jumped out at you as a transitional difference in your life? or And there's no reason to... Well, and to me, Milligan was so separate from the geography. Because um, Milligan was, iso- was very isolated. There were very few Appalachian people in that Appalachian college. Really? Um, yeah oh you didn't know that no oh yeah only about 10 percent of the students were even from anywhere like tennessee virginia north carolina really i know I, I, yeah, uh, <laughs> wow okay yeah it was primarily midwesterners and easterners <laughs> went there i don't know why but that's true oh there so there is a problem yeah well that's why it wasn't a good experience there weren't enough Appalachian <laughs> folks there <laughs> So for for me, I don't see Milligan as part of my Appalachian experience because it really wasn't um, Appalachian. The only experience I had with the region were, you know, when I moved off campus and had an apartment. And when I met people like you and I met other um, sort of outside Milligan people, because everyone else that I was friends with was from Indiana or Ohio or Pennsylvania or you know, all of those folks weren't, and that was what part of what attracted me to the school though, was that people from all over, because I felt like I was kind of a person without a home base. So it was nice to have other people around me who were also feeling out of their element a little bit, I guess. So, so for, for me, the Milligan piece of it was very separate from my Appalachian experiences. Holy shit. Really? People? Okay. But yeah, yeah, really. So no one there was from the surrounding areas. Very few. I remember meeting, oh, maybe two or three people who were from Johnson City or close by. Shit happens. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. is what it they is. They were nice. <laughs> I didn't realize at this point until now the whole thing about everyone being not from Appalachia for Milligan students. I, I, I guess I just <laughs> didn't really know that many Milligan people. And 
You were. <laughs> there was a reason for that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, sorry to throw that that wrench in there for you, but that was that's how it was. It happens. Okay, Jessica, if there was one more thing that you might be silly enough to answer, I do have to ask this one question. If, for whatever reason, you had to describe who you do or do not smell like, who would or would that person not be? (laughs) I don't smell like Bob Costas. And I'd like to thank Jessica again for spending a little bit of time with us, and I truly hope you enjoyed the discussion. We do have a little bit of a surprise that I had alluded to in the intro. Um, Her husband has composed and performed all parts of music that I'll be sharing with you. Make sure to enjoy it. Take it in, whatever. And if you do want to get in touch with him or anything like that, I would say probably the safest bet is to actually just funnel it through me. You can always reach me at appypie14 at gmail. And otherwise, you can find us on TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, Digital Podcast. One more thing, though. We do love you. Take care. We'll be catching up soon. Bye. Thank you.